0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your
1: season? Uh, I think we ain't doing it. For you, you personally,
2: I think
3: we ain't done yet.
4: All right. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstalk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the best place for your podcast. I'm Steve Rivero. Here's always my guy Johnny Gomez. Johnny, we are filling out the, the sheet, the rundown for today's pod, and man, are we in the off season, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the part of the off season that Steve and I kind of dread because I mean it's like we're kind of grasping at straws here uh it, it's still to be honest, it's still not the worst part of the off season yet. I feel like that's gonna happen in June, yeah, I would say in June, yeah June um,
4: June's always a low point. July's low too, but we can at least like start previewing the season, and we can't yeah. we can't really do that yet in June.
1: So yeah, this this is truly like the worst part of the off season. But uh, at least, hey, we have a few topics, Steve. We do,
4: yeah. Uh, we're starting this podcast a little late tonight because I wanted to watch the Sixers game. Boy, what a massive fucking waste of time that was. Uh, so <laughs> we're gonna gonna move on from that. Uh, we don't need to talk about that ever again. Let's uh let let's start with the undrafted free agents, Johnny. The Rams picked up seventeen of them. Uh, i'm just gonna run through the list of names here i did a little research on some of them just not much out there on these guys so i don't know uh, we'll, we'll see how they are but uh here, here's the full list guard jack snyder out of san jose state tight end jamal pettigrew out of mcneese state tight end roger carter georgia state wide receiver lance mccutcheon montana state inside linebacker jay cummel iowa state Four edge rushers, outside linebackers. they got Braden Thomas out of North Dakota State, Benton Whitley out of Holy Cross, Andres Hughes-Murray, Andre Hughes-Murray maybe? I don't know. Uh, out of Oregon State. Nor might be able to tell me how to pronounce that. Keir Thomas out of Florida State, Dion Noble out of North Texas. Oh, sorry, we're in a different position now. In Interior defensive lineman Dion Noble out of North Texas. Another interior defensive lineman, Elijah Garcia out of Rice. Cornerback TJ Carter out of TCU. Cornerback Caesar Dancy Williams out of Wisconsin. Cornerback Duran Lowe out of Liberty. So even after drafting three cornerbacks, they had three more. Safety Jaron McVeigh out of Baylor. Safety Dan Isam out of Washington State. And putter Cameron Dicker out of Texas uh let's let's save the punter for for a minute because that's obviously what i'm most excited about but johnny anyone on this list that uh caught your eye that stood out to you at of any of these guys
1: uh there's a few um <laughs> i i like how you said you would want to save the punter though <laughs> <laughs> well- I, I mean that that's that's the most steve thing you've ever said
4: well because like realistically that's the only guy on the team who actually has a chance to be a day one starter here i mean you never know but like the realest chance by a long mile is a guy wearing the punting job so i think we could talk about him separately and if we think there's actually a chance it could happen um but i want i want you to educate me on some of these other guys because when i was googling a lot of them th- there's there's not much to look at um in terms of scouting these guys and i'm not going to go watch go watch a bunch of georgia state tape
1: <laughs> well i mean to, to be fair uh a lot of these guys that that the rams targeted in undrafted free agents are from really really small schools and and basically you know a lot of these guys are i i imagine the rams are gonna go in with the expectation is that they're gonna be at best camp bodies and, and maybe you'll have a few that you know, sneak their way onto the practice squad and the very select chosen few, maybe one or two players will actually make the active roster. Um, That being said, one guy that really catches my attention is the offensive guard, uh, Jack Snyder from San Jose State. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that I watched a lot of this guy in college because the dude played from san jose state you know i i don't watch a whole lot of san jose state but i did um he was one guy that i did actually watch a little bit of tape on because um what kind of caught my eye about him is he's pretty fucking massive you know he's six foot five he weighs over 300 pounds Typically speaking, I mean, you know, yeah, you get you get guards that are roughly this size as well. But, you know, for them to go undrafted and, and, you know, guys that don't get picked up in like the sixth or seventh round. It's kind of rare that, you know, teams don't at least throw a sixth or seventh round pick at him. He's a he's a really good size in that regard. So that's what immediately caught my eye. Because a lot of times when when uh, guards uh, or centers get undrafted, they're usually undersized. They uh, don't offer a lot more than camp body type of players. But every now and then, there's that one guy that comes out there. I mean, last year's Alaric Jackson is a, is a, a good indicator of that. But um, what I particularly liked about this guy is when I saw his tape... He was very consistent overall as a uh, as a player as a starter at, at San Jose State, um, and uh, he he actually looked like uh, someone that played very consistently at a high level. Which, hey, again, take that for what it's worth for an undrafted free agent. But you can't have too many big bodies in the offensive line. So I'm all for uh Jack Snyder being uh uh someone that potentially, you know, plays into at least the practice squad.
4: Yeah, man's a unit. Uh and when you're that big, yeah, that's that's the kind of guy like you want to pick up in undrafted free agency and the kind of guy that I would love if if he doesn't make the team, which who knows. Uh it seems like a a great dude to just add to your practice squad uh potentially develop into a backup that you could have. Maybe a starter. Who knows? It is. You know, I, I, I can't imagine. I'd be very surprised if we walked in and competed for the starting guard job. But, shit, that's wide open, man. You know, uh, any anyone really on, on the roster can, can win that job if they prove themselves in camp. And, I, you never know. It, it was nice to add a guard. I'm honestly a little surprised that he was the only offensive lineman they added here. Obviously, they prioritized some other positions in need here. They grabbed four edge rushers none of them particularly jump off the page looks like here thomas had a pretty nice year at florida state obviously guys like Braden thomas Brandon whitley out of north dakota state and holy cross and you know, smaller school guys that could potentially have some potential you, you gotta hope like one of those guys is good enough to make the roster but i think it's certainly not a guarantee at all here. i mean with any undrafted free agents in, in any years and usually we have a couple um Guys that make the roster. Somebody put out a tweet recently. I saw that there was more undrafted free agents in the Hall of Fame than number one picks. Which, like, no shit, man. There's thousands of them. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking kidding. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you look at the positions. I, I like what they added here, positional wise. I don't really know a ton about any of these guys. Obviously, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I watched some of the tapes of the two or YouTube highlights of the tight ends they grabbed. Roger Carter out of Georgia State is a is an absolute unit. It's also very slow, but, I mean, you never know. I mean, he could develop into a blocking tight end, and we could definitely use that with, with some semblance of hands. So, I I, I don't mind the, the crop. I mean, I still got to dig into these guys a little bit. We'll see what they do in the preseason. But uh, positional-wise, it's, it's not too crazy. I mean, they took a lot of cornerbacks this year, but still a lot of uncertainty there besides Jalen Ramsey. So, I don't mind it. I don't mind it.
1: Another guy that kind of stuck out to me, uh, and this guy I did watch a lot of because uh, being a Pac-12 fan um, was uh, safety Daniel. I, I think I'm saying his last name right, Isom. I could be wrong. Seems this right. This is this is, uh, this is the, again the time of year where Steve and I butcher uh, names, but um, but yeah, I, I did actually watch a little bit of uh, of him because I, I love uh, watching the Pac-12, particularly uh, UCLA, but uh, Washington T- State is definitely a that, well, let's just say they haven't had great seasons in recent memory. Uh, but, you know, one of the things is they do produce, uh, you know, some, some standouts here and there. And while ISOM isn't technically a standout, He's a, he's a guy that is a bit of a difference maker, um, but with, uh, what what kind of struggles with him is uh things like he's a bit undersized. You know, I I'm looking at the looking at the um, stats here. He he's only five ten, so um, a, a tad bit undersized, and you know, only weighing one ninety one pounds. So. I have to say, I'm. I, I imagine it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle, especially considering the plethora of of uh, safeties that the Rams drafted. Um, but you know, if uh, if he works hard at it, I feel like the Rams have uh, had a big eye on on safeties, especially undrafted safeties as well. So that if anything, maybe. If, uh, wiggle his way onto uh the practice squad but uh um it, it's some someone to keep an eye out for you know just because the rams went and drafted a few guys doesn't mean that you know they're completely uh you know completely etched onto the roster you know if they if they're not up to snuff you know the rams have uh made it clear in the past that just because they're drafted doesn't mean that they they are guaranteed a spot
4: Yeah, especially with with a lot of the late-day three guys. Um, They're certainly not locks to make the roster. And it's kind of interesting what they didn't sign here. No running backs. Obviously, they drafted uh, – what's his name? Kieran Kieran Williams. Did I get that right? Hell, yeah. You did. (laughs) I don't know why I had a (laughs) brain fart there. Uh, They only bring in one (laughs) wide receiver. And they didn't draft any either. Lawrence McCutcheon out of Montana State. It's kind of a go up and grab it type guy. If you watch his highlight, it's a lot of them chucking it deep and him going up to get it. He's very good at going up and getting it. Not convinced that that's going to translate for him to the next level. I mean, obviously, it doesn't seem like most scouts are either. So we'll we'll see. It'll be an, if they if they don't add Odell. I mean, it seems like the receiver room probably going to be locked at. Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Ben Skoranek, and Tutu Atwell, plus, um, Brandon Powell. If you if you count him, I mean, it seems like if they don't sign Odell, Jesus Christ, I'm not I'm not used to podcasting this late anymore. If they if they <laughs> don't uh, if they don't sign Odell, I mean, you got to think they add somebody just for a camp body because Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson are not stepping on the field in the preseason. And so you, and Van Jefferson's probably not either. So who are you, who is John Wolfer going to throw the ball to? I, I guess if Jacob Harris, he's a wide receiver, but st- I mean, I would imagine they add somebody else.
1: I, I, I think that's basically uh, Sean McVay and, and needs attitude going into the season is, you know, finding out who's that clear cut, uh, you know, number four guy. Uh, is it is it gonna? Are they gonna try and make it that the speedster Tutu Atwell? Are they gonna try and go after you know Jacob Harris, who you know drew a lot of attention obviously during the uh, training camp last year and a little bit. Actually, no, not even during the preseason. It was just training camp hype.
4: Uh, he, he did a and, little uh, in the in the uh, the preseason, but not not a ton.
1: Yeah, it was mainly just training camp hype and. And then, of course, your your boy Ben Skaronik, um, you know, uh, another <laughs> opportunity for him to make a name for himself. So, I, if I had to guess, that's what what um, you know the plan is. And then, of course, you well, know, and, and, and you draft a free agent,
4: yeah. And and not to cut you off, um, but I the Rams roster page didn't show the reserve futures guys. It was under it, so they still have like JJ Koski and Warren Jackson and. Landon Acres, who I've never even heard of. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Acres. They have bad bodies to throw in. All right, let's talk about Cameron Dicker, dude. We're driven by
0: the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
4: Uh, Rams sign a punter in free agency. They uh, R- Riley Dixon, right from the Giants. They uh, yep. and then rather than draft a punter in this draft, you know, I wouldn't have minded getting one in like the seventh round. But we mentioned this in last week's pod. Four punters went, so you aren't getting the cream of the crop, anyways. They go and grab Cameron Dicker out of Texas, who you can imagine is gonna compete with Riley Dixon. Unless they go out and grab somebody else, which I mean we'll see. I I don't really envision that happening. Dicker looked him up. He's a he was a four year kicker at Texas, pretty good kicker. Um, he went all comp in uh, his senior year. He shifted to punter. and think he played both, and he went all conference as a punter in his one year as a punter. Um, so you bring in a guy that can do a little bit of both, kick and punt, in case Matt Gay gets hurt. You know, it's usually you're doomed with kickers when your punter gets hurt, but. If if this is the guy that ends up making the team, that's a nice advantage to have uh, in the event of somebody getting hurt. And seems like a pretty decent punter. I haven't watched his highlights yet. I will believe me. But um, I mean, what do you think here, man? You, you, I I am excited to have a another year of an actual special teams battle in the preseason, like we had with Corey Borquez last year and the the disastrous kicker battle from 20, what was it? 2020. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh man. I don't miss that kicking battle. Oh, (laughs) I'm glad we found Matt gay. Uh, But uh, yeah, man, uh, this, this is uh, an interesting uh, pickup because the Rams did have every opportunity to add a punter. uh, If they felt like that was a glaring need, and uh, ultimately passed on him, which was a little surprising. Why they went after uh, Dicker, Dicker, the kicker? Eh, eh. <laughs> there you go. I I, I don't oh, know, well. I don't know I I don't I don't know why I like that so much, but it, it's just it's just awesome. But uh, yeah, Cameron Dicker, he um, he brings a different um, battle here because. While Riley Dixon is someone that I thought is gonna be the sure starter. I mean, obviously the addition of Dicker changes things a lot, and um, I think with Dixon the the kind of the kind of advantage that he brings is in a way he was similar to Johnny Hecker, and uh, that he is a capable passer as a uh, as a punter which obviously we've seen in the past work, even though for whatever reason, the Rams kind of went away with that for the past couple of seasons, though the last attempt didn't go over so well. So maybe that's why. Um, But uh, yeah, so that could be, um, that could be something to consider as well. Riley Dixon has that same advantage or similar advantage that Johnny Hecker had, but Cameron Dicker has that kind of, um advantage where if something were to happen to Matt Gay he could also play uh play kicker but um at the same time I mean another thing to consider is Matt Gay is basically on borrowed time until the Rams are able to sign him to a long-term deal now while kickers don't make the most money in the NFL uh the Rams count their pennies so. That could make all the difference.
4: I do think they'll pay him, though. I think after twenty twenty, they're gonna they're gonna pay him. I he's he's gonna get like big kicker money, but I don't I don't I don't think he's gonna get like the highest pay kicker in the league. I mean, who fucking knows though? I and with uh with with Cameron Dicker, even if even if they don't envision him as even competing for the starting punter job, you get a guy that can kick and punt. And so if you're convinced that Riley Riley is your guy, you don't have to play him in the preseason. This guy, this guy can do both for you if you just need somebody to get you through camp. And maybe you keep on the practice squad if you have a spare spot just in case something happens. But I, I, I love the move, man. You know, you know, I'm excited about this shit. So it's Dicker the kicker versus
1: Dixon the punter. Yeah, it's not it's not as. it's not as fun. With Dixon yeah. but uh but uh <laughs> hey you know what um I, I'm pulling for Cameron dicker just for the fact that I could say dicker
4: the kicker that's as good of a reason as there's ever been any anything uh, <laughs> uh go ahead, go ahead. Uh, anything coming out of this draft that you feel like we learned about less need or the Rams or how they're feeling uh
1: there's Quite a few things I felt like I learned. Um, I felt like the Rams are at the very least comfortable at wide receiver. And it also may be an indicator that they feel like they could bring back Odell Beckham, which is odd to me because during the NFL draft, I lost all hope (laughs) when uh, Odell tweeted that you know, the Rams need to make them a real offer. So yeah. <laughs> that, that made me, uh, um, I was like, man, I, I guess Odell ain't coming back, but the fact, the Rams had all, all kinds of opportunities to add wide receivers in this year's draft. Didn't bother to, to add them. And then uh, even the undrafted free agents, we only added one, right? One. Yeah. One. Yeah. So, uh, I, to me, that that tells me that the Rams are are either confident that they're bringing back Odell or, at the very least, they're comfortable with the current uh, receiving core, which is interesting to me.
4: Yeah, and I, I think it signif- signals that they are confident enough in Skaronic and Tutu Atwell. You know, not because you're whether or without Odell, you're starting three-hour set. It's going to be Cooper Cup, Al Robinson... And then Van Jefferson. Even if we sign Odell, it's going to be Van Jefferson until he, Odell gets healthy. So then you're really you're really trying to fill out that depth. And clearly, we needed depth last year because it, it got rough for times. And we're throwing out guys like Ben Skaronic, who you're kind of keeping on as your depth. I'd imagine he's going to start the him and him and Tutu will compete for the the spot of you no know, the next man up in the rotation. I'd imagine. If they don't add another body that both Skaronic and Tutu will play this year, you know, not a lot, but like, I they don't do even remotely the same thing. So like, when you're giving your receivers a breather, you're probably gonna be spelling one of those two guys in. If it's more of a blocking down, you're probably throwing Skoranek. If it's more of an obvious passing down, you're probably throwing Tutu. So yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting that they they really didn't add like anybody here. Uh, You I it seems like historically they would add a couple guys in undrafted free agency and they didn't.
1: Um, Another thing to consider is um, kind of at that same account, uh, the Rams have also had a history of drafting tight ends, even when it was clearly not a need. And this year you could almost understand if they went after another tight end and, It doesn't seem like they're all that concerned about it. I mean, they did draft – get or picked up a a few undrafted free agents. So, I guess that's something. But, I mean, if they were all that concerned about it, I feel like they would have drafted one. And, uh, you know, that kind of indicates that they're pretty confident in Kendall Blanton and uh, Bryson Hopkins to an extent, which is interesting because – if you were to ask either one of us during the season, uh, I would think that, you know, Bryson Hopkins was a fringe cut candidate and that Kendall Blanton would probably be the same as he's always been, uh, you know, fringe practice squad player. But uh it seems as though that the Rams are are confident in them being our our backups going into uh, the 2022 season.
4: Well, if you asked us that at the end of the December, yeah, we would say that, but I think at the end of February, our tunes completely changed on both those guys Uh, because Blaine played real well in the playoffs and Bryson Hopkins showed up out of fucking nowhere to actually look like a productive player in the Super Bowl. So I personally, I'm kind of glad they didn't add any bodies here. I think, that those guys have earned the rights to be the backups or at least compete for the backup job. I, th- I think Blanton will probably end up winning it, but uh, Hopkins show- showed something as a-, as a pass catcher in the Super Bowl. I mean, we s- I think we talked about this in previous pods. We saw plenty enough of Ben Skranek being actively bad as a receiver to where Bryson Hopkins could have done the same thing and, and didn't. So that was great to see. I think they've earned it. And you still, you still have Higby under contract for another year. You know, and I think like this team is in win now mode, even if they don't keep Higby after 23, I think you go and get a vet rather than try and develop a tight end because tight ends take a while to develop and you might, you know, you saw something in Blanton in the playoffs. You saw something in Hopkins, even though it was one game, you still have Jacob Harris, who I know they were saying is a receiver, but you never know. They might try and continue to convert him to tight end. I think there's enough there that you don't need to add anybody. And I think there were some pretty glaring needs that they needed to address and did in the draft and uh, to a lesser, I mean, also an undrafted pre-agency too, but it's not as important. So I, I, I am perfectly fine with this roster of tight ends going into the season.
1: Yeah, in terms of offense, the Rams really didn't focus a whole lot in the draft, which is the absolute correct approach. I mean, they did add a few offensive linemen. Um, they did add a, a basically the third down back. But when you think about it, other than Bruss, the rest of them were essentially luxury picks. You know, uh,
3: well,
4: to, they had three picks in the top hundred sixty five, and two of them were offensive players. So I wouldn't say they didn't prioritize it, but. Um, like yeah, with like with their sixth, seventh round picks and their swings and undrafted free agency, yeah, they almost all those swings were taken on defensive guys.
1: Yeah, and I I think that that was the right right thing to do because I mean realistically speaking, your concerns were mostly on defensive side of the ball than on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, were there positions that the Rams could have addressed? Sure. But, I mean, it wasn't a huge need. It was just kind of something, well, it'd be nice if they did this kind of thing. Uh, as far as defensively, they completely focused on the secondary. Like, it, it, it was pretty much all secondary uh, uh, draft class, uh, which was fine because that was, in my opinion, the biggest concern going into the draft. Um, you could kind of make the argument that guard was the the bigger concern. But in my opinion, cornerback was the biggest. And uh, clearly that they it wasn't just cornerback that they were not so sure on. It was safety as well. I mean, obviously, they they love Jordan Fuller for good reason. But I mean, it's kind of nice to have depth, especially because Fuller has had some injury problems since joining the Rams and then on top of that um finding that right piece on the opposite end of them because again ta- taylor rap and and uh nick scott being your like co-starters uh on the opposite end is kind of like a eh kind of vibe uh you know they they can surely get the job done with the talent around them but obviously you wouldn't be 100% uh confident in that so i i'm glad that they addressed both you know are pretty much all of the secondary
4: yeah and like the other side of the coin is they didn't address the edge rushing really at all which i think we when we said this last week the team had three big needs going in the draft and they addressed two of them in a very nice way they did not address edge rusher. they did in undrafted free agency a little bit and like historically when you kind of look at what Les need has done drafting since he's taken over i don't really like he rarely drafts defensive ends and edge rushers at even like relatively high capital i mean looking at i'm just scrolling through the rams pick history here i think the only day one or two guy he's drafted at defensive end or edge rusher was Terrell lewis which which hasn't really worked out um, Samson Cam, John Franklin Myers are both the fourth round picks. Oboe in the fifth uh, a couple of years ago. So it's not like they haven't addressed it. But I mean, when you look at like when you look at the structure of this team since he's been here, they inherited Chris Long, Robert Quinn. Those were their guys during the during the Fisher years when they moved down from Fish. You go to they just kept bringing in guys at edge rusher rather than. Draft and fill the position through there. Uh, you talk about Clay Matthews. You talk about uh who's the fucking guy from the Eagles that we had in sean McVay's first year. Oh um Damn, who was that guy? Some
3: some one of our listeners has gotta be screaming.
4: Uh shit, I can't remember his name.
1: Damn, I'm a brain fart there.
4: Look man. Look up the 2017 Rams roster, Tom. But clearly, they have prioritized adding play in recent years, just adding players at the trade line and stuff like that. You know, they not trade line, but they signed Leonard Floyd to a big deal. They uh, they they trade for Dante Fowler and re him. They trade for Von Miller and attempted to re-sign him and 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 failed. Um, so it's it's never been a position that they've prioritized in the draft and when you have later picks there aren't it, that uh, edge rusher is a day one pick if you want to get a quality draft edge rusher in the draft you probably need to have a first round pick otherwise what the Rams formula is has been working for them and so I don't really blame them for not addressing it it's going to be a concern I think they are confident in Justin Hollins being the guy Connor Barwin by the way
1: yeah, I was just the to Barwin.
4: say. I, th- I was going to say Connor, but I wasn't 100% sure. I definitely wouldn't remember Barwin. Um, it, yeah, they they, they got to be confident in Justin Hollins to not address this, like, at all. And in theory, they got to be confident in Tara Lewis as the backup, but I don't think they are. And so if if there is another move to be had by the Rams, it has to be at this position. I would honestly be floored If they bring in anyone of name value besides Odell at a different position, because like, I think this is if they're going to clear out money to sign somebody. And I think the only way they would do that is if the, if they are just certain Odell is not coming back, it's gotta be, it's gotta be an address shirt because this is a clear hole on the team. Um, You know, one of the things we talked about, Johnny was lingering concerns about the Rams. And this is really my only major concern with the team at all is that there's not really an exclusive player next to Leonard Floyd. And Justin Hollins is good enough. Now, I don't think this is going to derail our Super Bowl odds at repeating. But, you know, man, you watch this team in the playoffs, and I know Von Miller is not out there, but, like, that guy was so huge to have somebody of that caliber. And Justin Hollins is not even going to do anything close to that in the playoffs. I, I would love if they go and get one of these guys that's still floating out there if they can. But, I mean, that's really, like... You look at this depth chart, top to bottom. There's a concern at offensive guard for sure. We'll see what happens, um, but I think they'll be able to figure it out. It's this is the biggest hole in the team, I think, right now.
1: Oh, without without a question, and and, and to be fair, I, I'm I'm right there with you, Steve. I I think the only the only uh, concern, at least major concern, I will say, um, for the you know 2022 20, Rams roster is that, you know, that opposite end of, of, uh, Leonard Floyd, you know, it's, it's a massive hole that was left from Miller when he, uh, when he ended up going to the bills, but, um, you know, I, I feel like the situation the Rams have put themselves in, they basically, one of two things is going to happen. Um, you know, as far as the rest of the off season is concerned, uh, number one, they're going to bring back Odell. That I think is kind of what the entire front office is hoping for. And I think they're going to try to make it happen within reason. And, uh, if Odell's wanting a massive payday, uh, I don't know if the Rams are going to be able to, they may want to, but they just may not be financially able to. So, um, That's one instance that may happen. The other instance is I feel like the Rams are going to bring in you know, an edge rusher. And uh, as much as I'd love it to be Jadavion Clowney or someone like that, I think more than likely it's going to be a Melvin Ingram type of guy, which, hey, I'd be all for it. I I think he would be an upgrade over Justin Hollins. And, and, you know, it's not a knock on Justin Hollins whatsoever. I actually really like Justin Hollins, but I think this is a guy – that should have more of a reserve or a situational role as opposed to a, you know, full out starting role. Um, and then beyond that, I, I think there would be zero concerns, at least on my end.
4: Sorry, I can find my unmute button. Yeah, it's, I, I would love if they bring Melvin Ingram in. I, I think that's just makes too much sense for both sides to not happen like, they, they have $5 million left in cap space right now, or 5.4, I should say. They'll figure if if they can get Ingram and Odell on reasonable contracts. I mean, I think they'll figure out how to do it. You know, they. I don't think they've restructured everybody, right? Like, I think there's still potential restructures out there that they can make. We'll see if any of that happens. But, yeah, I, I think they got to make that move. I mean, I, we are also underselling the concern at right guard a little bit. Like, there's definitely concern there, but if Noteboom can be the guy that he looked like last year at left tackle, I don't think having a suspect right guard is going to derail the offense. Um, It, it won't, certainly won't help, but if, if Allen can play well and if Noteboom can play well, things we've been saying for years, I think they'll be okay even if it's Logan Bruce or it's uh, Coleman Shelton in there looking a little rough but but um i i think no boom stepping in and performing is going to be way 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 more important than what happens at guard even if his floor is a lot higher than the potential floor of a guy we play at guard which is it's possible that we don't have a single fucking guy that can play guard on the team um i don't think that's going to happen but it's possible I, I just i don't really envision that derailing the offense in a way where like Not having a third guy who could play Edge Rusher well would set back the defense a little bit. And I think they did address the cornerback with Troy Hill and with all those picks, and I think it's going to go a long way. But there's still enough questions in the secondary to where if the defenses can double, triple Aaron Donald every play and not be worried about pressure getting to the cornerback, to the quarterback, then in turn the secondary might not look as good as we'd hope.
1: Uh, well, to address one thing, uh, in, in my opinion, I'm more concerned about No nope Boom being the left tackle than I am with the guard spot. I think whether it be Coleman Shelton or, or uh, you know, Logan Bruce, or Bruss rather, uh, I feel like they either one of these guys will, you know, uh, be our future starting guard uh whether or not Russ is going to come in and be that guy, you know, right away, that's the ultimate question. But I, you know, Coleman Shelton may not be the sexiest name out there for the Rams to have as their starting guard, but we've seen a little bit of him to at least have an idea of what he can do. Uh not a big sample size if I'm being honest. But um, I think that he's he's certainly capable of being, you know, a, a decent enough starter. And, and I think uh, the idea here is to keep in mind that if you're expecting offensive line from last year, I think you're going to be severely disappointed. There's going to be some hiccups along the way, you know, pretty much from from uh, you know left tackle. Obviously, no boom is not Whitworth. Uh, and it's going to be an adjustment there. And you're going to have a brand new starting guard. You know, it's not going to be Austin Corbett, who, you know, may have not been the best guard out there, but he was certainly an experienced guy that held down the position for a couple years. So, yeah, there's going to be some learning curve, and it's going to be difficult at first. But I think ultimately, Bruss is going to, you know, take the starting job eventually. It's just a matter of when.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I I agree, but he's also the hundred and fourth pick. So I'm not like dead set on it happening. You know, um, I, I I feel good about no boom though. You know, I don't, I'm not ready to say He's not gonna be Whitworth, but he did look good filling in for Whitworth. I thought, I thought he looked like he could handle it. It, It's going to be a downgrade for sure. But, um, I don't think it, if he plays well, it's not going to be as big of a downgrade as it feels like it would be. Going from Andrew Whitworth to Nope, I mean, keep in mind the guy's forty fucking years old. Like he still got it, but he's not the same player as he was in 2017. So I, we'll we'll see there. I, I'm I'm interested to see how that plays out. Was there any learnings or concerns that we didn't hit?
1: I think that that about covers it.
4: I will say that this draft, one thing I learned is that there is no shot in hell. They're re-signing Daryl Henderson after this season.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is uh, a certainty at this point. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it's kind of the way of the running back at this point. Unless you're an absolute bona fide stud, a running back's career is pretty short in the NFL. Uh, because they're they're as... As awful as it is to say, they're kind of a dime a dozen. I mean, we've seen undrafted free agents become studs out of nowhere. And that's about one of the few positions where it happens that often.
4: When, when, and they just like nobody invests in it. Like we, Sonny Michelle just got signed today by the Dolphins. Mel, Melvin Gordon was sitting on the wire for like four months. I think that guy's still really good. Nobody picked him up because, No, you could either draft a guy cheap like with running backs. I feel like you're either drafting somebody and that's your guy or you're one of the five or six teams in the league that has invested heavily in a guy they like. Um, Nobody is going to invest heavily in a guy they don't love the guys that it's going to be the top 10 running backs are going to get huge contracts and the next 20 guys are like fucked is kind of unfortunately what that position has become.
1: And the the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, <laughs> Sony Michelle. I kind of feel bad because he he's going to an extremely crowded running back core. Like, is he going to play at all in Miami? I mean, I mean, this is a running back core that has what Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin, Raheem Mostart. Like, I <laughs> they think added.
4: I think if there's one thing we can learn from this signing, it's that they do not give a fuck about Miles Gaskin anymore. Uh, I
1: I mean, no, I guess not. But, geez, I mean, even if you eliminate Miles Gaskin out of the equation, does Sony Michelle get touches with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert in front of him?
4: I, I think he competes with Mostert. I think Edmonds is getting touches no matter what. Um, And I think Mostert and Sonny will compete for the second, the spot next to him. They could play all three guys. keep in mind that most are tomato has glass bones and paper skin. So he, there's no fucking way that That's guy crazy. goes 16. Games. I hope he does. Um, that'd be great. I got him on one of my dynasty teams, but I, I, I think he'll get a little bit of carries. I, I think really like, I, I don't think it's a bad signing for the dolphins. I, I, he's going to play over Gaskin. I think Gaskin might even get cut at this point, looking at what they, there's no way they believe in this guy. And then added three running backs who can all actually play, like are all capable football players. So that's a really interesting situation to watch. But I think he'll likely start the season as a third back, get some carries, but fill in for both of those guys because they're both pretty injury prone when one of them goes out.
1: Man, that and and that pretty much I mean if you if you want to see like the life of a running back. All you got to do is look at the Dolphins roster. You know, basically, we're running backs die.
4: (laughs) It's the best running back core they've had in years. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's saying something. Uh, Quickly, looking at um, the scheduling rumors and everything that's come out, confirmed the Rams are playing on Christmas Day this year against Denver, so that's exciting. Russell Wilson going up against his boys. Was that a home game? I didn't see if that was a home game. It is a home game. Oh, you got one?
1: I'd love to, but uh, I I don't know if I could be away from my family on on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, Christmas I'd, is tough. I'd, that's that's a, I'm going to be interested to see like if there's if it's going to be a packed house on Christmas Day. I I find it a little odd to play on Christmas Day, but Why not? I guess. I mean, they do it in the NBA.
4: Well, I like it because I get to watch the game. You know, that's That's true. (laughs) Yeah, they do it in the NBA, but that's that's kind of like become their day. So yeah, it's it's a fun matchup to put on Christmas. I watch it. I I also won't be there. Watch it. (laughs) Uh, The other rumor coming out is that it seems like opening game is going to be. Rams Bills, which there's Savon Miller of it all. We're going to raise whatever the NBA NFL equivalent of raising a banner is, which is going to be great. And it's just a, that's a banger matchup, dude. Probably, I would say the two best teams in the league going head to head. That's a great game to put on opening day. And let's be honest no offense to anybody. We did not want the 49ers or Cowboys as the opening game because those would not be home games. <laughs> damn no offense uh, i mean we to, have
1: to be fair bills mafia they travel they pretty, travel well too hard, yeah too. yeah um so i mean that that couldn't that that may not be an opening uh home game either but uh
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah see. this
1: is this is gonna be a tough matchup i mean obviously this this is a you know super bowl caliber matchup you know both of these teams it would not be inconceivable at the moment for either of these teams to be in the Super Bowl and you know next year or this upcoming year rather Uh, so it it would be a hell of a matchup Um, and to be honest with you I'm a little bit nervous of that being the very first game the Rams play against especially you know we just sat here talking about how guard is kind of iffy at the moment and we're readjusting Yeah, that's not exactly the defense you want to see in the very first game. I mean, really, the Bills have like one of the most complete teams out there, and then they just added Vaughn Miller. Yeah, um, I, I think
4: they're the best team in the NFL.
1: I am not I, afraid to say that. You, I, I don't know if you can argue against that. You know, they have a hell of a team. Last year, they, uh, they nearly went to the Super Bowl, except they just kind of – blew it uh i mean they couldn't have happened uh, against a better team though so i mean hard hard to go up against mahomes uh but yeah i i i think that this this is gonna be the funny thing is when i looked at the schedule and i saw the bills were on the schedule damn that's gonna be the toughest matchup out of any any team the rams play this year I, i picked that one to be the toughest matchup and, uh, <laughs> and then now that it, that might be the season opener, I'm like, well, I, I guess you get the toughest matchup out of the way.
4: This is a, I was, I was trying to think like how we're playing them again so soon. Cause we played them two years ago, but it's a new, <laughs> we get, we get to play an extra game because of the seven game game season. And we get to play the fucking bills, dude. Like, great. Right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's, ah, oh, it's brutal. Um. But yeah, I mean, hey, double edged sword to get out of the way first. Either you win and we're gonna take the biggest victory lap of all time, or you lose, and it's like, well, it's the bills. It's not a big deal. We'll move on to the next game. You know, you open with like the Saints and you lose. That's a lot a whole different story.
1: <laughs> I I know I know which game you're looking forward to most, Steve.
4: <laughs> In New Orleans against the Saints?
1: Yep. For, for those of you who haven't been listening for a while, or, or are you just tuning in, uh, Steve is a big fan of Sean Payton and the New Orleans
4: Saints. Sean Payton's the most overrated coach in the history of professional sports. It's it's insane. He had one good year. He's choked in the playoffs on numerous occasions, never taken a shred of responsibility for a team failing. Got fucking suspended for an entire season. We don't talk about that enough. That's never happened before. That'll never happen again. No head coach has ever been I don't I, I think when I look this up, no head coach has ever even been suspended by the league for thing for like pretty much anything, like in years. And he got suspended for a full year. But it's all Greg Williams' fault. Okay. Okay, dude. You deserve to be played by Kevin James in a movie.
1: That that's um that's Steve holding back, by the way. <laughs>
4: <laughs> God. All right. Um you got anything else on this pod? Nice nice little 50 minute May pod.
1: Uh no. I think um I think we've kind of talked a little bit too much. So uh we got to save that talking for uh the lovely topics, you know. Who knows? Maybe we'll compare players to uh, pizza this time around. You know, we Ooh. compared we compared players to uh, to soda in the past. You know, that was all Steve's idea, and uh, you know what? I wasn't mad about it. It was it was a freaking awesome idea.
4: Aaron Donald, definitely the cheese pizza from John's on Bleecker Street in the West Village of Manhattan, because there's nothing you can do to improve that product. i I will have
1: to take your word for it and uh i may if i'm ever in the new york area i may have to uh um get in contact with you to uh find out the aaron donald pizza because uh (laughs) i I am i am what you call a pizza connoisseur
4: so um yes i need to try that Uh, yeah man you gotta make the pilgrimage whenever you do we'll, we'll get some johns all right uh Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at C.Rivero, at Johnny596, at TalkRams. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't. It goes a long way. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.
2: How
1: how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, You personally? I think we ain't done yet.
2: mypatriotsupply.com